Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host. That would be me, Greg Britton, with the Redlands, Tea Party Patriots, and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great free and prosperous. Uh, we see every day, every hour, the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office. If you want little things like a country, borders, freedom, a republic, a constitution, yeah, you know, little t- things like that. Uh, very pleased to be joined uh, again on the radio today by Deborah Polly. In her in her previous life, she was a she's a conservative was a conservative activist and the founder of the Conservative Patriots of Orange County. And you can find them at conservativepatriotsofoc.org. They do great work and have great meetings in in, in I think Anaheim. Um, was a on the city council in uh, in in at the city of Villa Park in Orange County, general and generally a, 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 a troublemaker. But she has transcended that now. And she is now a warrior goddess. And uh, we are honored and really feel not worthy to uh, be on the same show with her. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Greg. I really enjoy being with you. And I love being called a warrior goddess, but you are worthy because you are, you are the master of warriors. You're sitting here inspiring people. I love, you know, what your doctrine is here and what you're, what you're working to do, inspiring everyone to get involved because it's now or never, quite frankly. Glad to be here. Before we talk about uh, Dinesh D'Souza's latest movie, what you said, triggered something. I remember that Tucker Carlson was speaking recently, and he was talking about the importance of courage, that we're all going to die. The question is, what what happens between now and then? Um, that's the choice we have. Should your life mean something? Should your life mean something? And that's the only choice that you really... Get to have. He says, living as a slave, hating yourself, being held in contempt by those closest to you, living without a purpose. Those are the things to fear. And while I'm not a much of a fan of her anymore, uh, Ann Coulter, after she decide, decided that, uh, Donald Trump didn't do enough in her mind to secure the border, only was the, he did more than any president to enforce immigration laws since Dwight Eisenhower. But he turned, she turned against him. Um, and, uh, we now have, a completely open border and unlimited immigration. Thanks, Anne. Um, hope you hope you got to you enjoying what you got. But she said on an interview back with Bill O'Reilly some years ago, says for Christians, the big thing is taken care of. Could you be courageous and fight for the most consequential nation on earth? I mean, what are you worried about? She says, you know, um, you, you have eternal life with your creator. You're going to have that. Now you're worried that the, um, New York Times is going to say something bad about you or that the, um, they're going to say something bad about you on social media. Really? So th- that is, and it's going to tie back into talking about uh, D'Souza's latest movie is courage is absolutely essential at this point. If we're going to save the country 
And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the choir here. You know, you're, uh, if you look up um, Courage, you know, your picture will be there, Deborah. But uh, to other people out there, and I'm going to tie this back to with a conversation I had after uh, after we saw the movie this week. Um, we need to step up, all of us. Right. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see the movie, although we did play the uh, teaser trailer uh, at CPOC's meeting, and I know we have a lot of people who are going to go or have seen uh, his movie, uh, and, and it is concerning. But I, I have a little, and I just rewrote it so that it was a clean, clean piece to put up. It's on, it's on my vanity mirror. I have a vanity, <laughs> and it says, "Remember why I'm doing what I'm doing." I'm doing it to bring glory and honor to God. And sometimes that courage, you know, uh, it's not that I, not that we are saying necessarily something brand new. We're saying something that people know in their hearts, uh, already. And we inspire them to, uh, feel, um, the, the same level of motivation, if you would, to speak out as we're seeing more and more, you know, people, recognizing how dire the consequences are of what's been tra- happening unchecked unchecked yeah. uh, they're they're now willing to step up and get busy you know i'm i'm sure we're going to be talking about what happened in congress and the fact that we now have a house speaker and the amount of courage that was exhibited by uh Florida uh, Republican representative Matt Gates was substantial you know to unseat the current uh or what was the the current uh, speaker of the house that maybe was, we need warriors right now. We don't need people that are willing to be, you know, uh, but everything to all people, right? You can't be everything to all people. Unfortunately, when you're in war, you're going to have enemies and you need to be very clear in your mind about who those enemies are. And that's been a problem with the Republican establishment, the war that we're having within the establishment, uh, the Republican party between the establishment and those that are grassroots warriors or those that have a more fundamental basic understanding of what the Republican party was supposed to stand for always has stood for and ceased to stand for. That is where we started having our real problems. And so to have this courage and, and as soon as Matt Gates did what he did and was successful in doing so, the, everybody came down on him. I couldn't believe the stuff that was coming down on him from those with inside the party attacking him. Uh, they're still attacking him. And yet, ultimately, what did his courage lead to? We have now a clearly, very clearly mega Speaker of the House in the person of Mike Johnson. And I, I'm sure you were planning on talking about that. But if you weren't, I think we need to. Oh, I agree. Um, I th- we'll see. Um, Johnson is untested and untried, and we will see how things play out. So let's come to that later. This first topic, and I think this is really important, not only for in and of itself, the movie, but also how this plays out in the upcoming election. And the movie we're talking about is, is Dinesh D'Souza's latest movie, Police State. And I saw it in the theaters. It was available for... Uh, two nights only on this past Monday and when and Wednesday in the theaters. Uh, the, the theater where I went to over in Ontario was uh, it was mostly but not but not entirely full. And you can see you can 
get see the trailer. You can get buy the DVD. It was released online. You can actually watch it online. It was released online yesterday, Friday, from when the show was broadcast. And the gist of it is that you know is 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 America becoming a police state? And the URL for that website is police state film dot net. Police state film dot net. And uh, it was you know, it was only a private screening. Some of Dinesh D'Souza's previous movies were treated as regular movies. They played in the theater. They were on the marquee and so on. This was nothing on the marquee. It was just they had a theater reserved and paid for for screening the movie. And I would encourage everybody to see the movie and try to get others to see the movie. Uh, Rasmussen did a poll recently, and uh, he uh, asked the question, a police state is a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. Yeah. How concerned are you that America is becoming a police state? All voters, 72% are concerned. Republicans, 76%. Independents, 72%. Democrats, 67%. That's saying something right there. It is. Now, if you broke that down, who are the Democrats afraid of? If you listen to their politicians, they said, well, it's the Republican Donald Trump that are turning this into a police state. Of course, if, if they were, it wouldn't be Donald Trump that was being prosecuted. Yeah. So you look at all those elements. Do we see do we see mass surveillance going on now? Yes, and it's only getting worse. The government is surveilling us through every possible means electronically. They're doing so illegally. There have been reports and findings that the FBI had acknowledged that they had illegally searched government records hundreds of thousands of times. Of course, nothing happens. Is there censorship? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they can't yet shut down Breitbart or Gateway Pundit or other conservative news sources by the government. They can't haul um, the editor of Breitbart away and put him in prison yet. But there's a vast censorship industrial complex that's been created with government, big tech companies, nonprofit organizations, all aimed to limit what you can see, to defund conservative media to downplay it. So it's either banned on social media or it is, um, what's the right term? Shadow banned. So yeah, you think you're posting something, but no one, no one is seeing it. Ideological indoctrination. Duh. It's happening in the, in the colleges and now all the way down to, uh, to in, into the K level of the K 12 schools. So just one recent example. The, um, majority of 18 to 24 year old Americans support Hamas's terrorist attacks into Israel, where there was also revealed this week where they were given instructions on cutting out the organs of the Israelis that they captured and killed. And a majority of 18 to 24 are so indoctrinated, they support that kind of conduct. Targeting of political opponents. Again, duh. So, I'll let you I'll let you run with that, and then we're going to come back and how this is going to apply to um, the 2024 election. 
Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to respond to each of those points, but you certainly hit the nail on the head. Police state, I mean, it's, it's been happening. It's, it's finally now being something that's discussed. Dinesh D'Souza, of course, is wonderful about, you know, working kind of ahead. He sees things. He's got discernment and he's capable of telling the true story in a very cogent and compelling fashion. But the the point of the police state is the chilling effect that it has on those that may be freedom seeking or those who would choose to step up and be the warriors that we were discussing a little bit earlier in the program. The fact that we need to be warriors. Well, when you're a father uh, with with children and a household and a mortgage to pay and you watch what happens to someone else who steps up and they lose their livelihood, uh, then it, it makes you think well twice about it, which is, of course, the entire point of doing that. That makes people afraid to step up. The point of the police state is to select certain individuals who are more outspoken, make examples of them, and create a chilling effect so that everyone is much more obedient to the marching orders of the powers that be. Uh, it, we, we have political prisoners in this country right now, the J6 uh, the, the, the J6 political prisoners were denied that, that they are political prisoners. There's no way you can deny that. Uh, they may have been tried. They may have been convicted. They may have been sentenced. But it was a mass trial of individuals who were not provided with due process in any fashion. And that is the bedrock of American uh, legal. The American legal system is due process. And they were denied that. I want to talk a little bit about the mass surveillance because there's more to it than just what's happening. Uh, before you do, okay. before you do let's, uh, let's take a pause here. And okay. from our sponsor, he always liked to have his have his commercials played during the show rather than after the show. Uh, and that would be Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher. And credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget. Not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton, Redlands Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Pleased to be joined this week by Deborah Polly, formerly a political activist, and has now transcended to become a warrior goddess. You're talking about uh, Dinesh D'Souza's uh, latest movie, Police State. And you can find that the movie, you can download it, you can order the DVD at policestatefilm.net. I saw it the last, I saw it this past week in the theater. It was only available for two nights and hopefully it may come back if it, if it does well enough. It, uh, 
I mean, I didn't really learn. I mean, I was kind of generally aware of it, but even I, you're, you're sort of sitting there after going, whoa, this thing's, this thing is worse than I thought. The people running the government are more evil than I thought. But you were talking about you, you, when I interrupted you before the uh, commercial break, you were wanting to say something more about the mass surveillance that the government is doing. Well, you had laid out key markers of what we would look at and say this, these are indicators that we are living under a police state. And one of those that you discussed was mass surveillance. And many people think that that surveillance is just, you know, electronic. And it is. Oh, it most certainly is. Our cell phones are with us all the time. They always know where they are, where where you are when you have your cell phone with you, even if you have it turned off. They know what you're talking about on the Internet. They know what you're researching. They know what you're thinking about buying. You know, they they say, oh, this is all about marketing. It's not necessarily all about marketing. Uh, That's just one of the excuses, but there's another, you know, thing that's been happening quite a while for, for quite some time, at least since I was on the Villa Park City Council. And that's the idea of having these cameras everywhere. Cameras, government, public, publicly funded cameras. They're on, you know, all of the, you know, major intersections in our community. So you can see, oh, supposedly the purpose is to be able to tell who's running a red light and having evidence in court. But now they've been drilling down into the communities themselves. And I remember when I was on the council, uh, they wanted us to purchase and buy into through the Orange County Sheriff's Department, the idea of having these uh, license plate reader cameras that were uh, on, you know, the police vehicles, uh, the law enforcement vehicles, or uh, on the on the uh, facilities that we owned, so that we could protect the community. That's what it's always about. It's about protecting the community, just like locking everyone up in their home and making them get a shot and wear a mask. That was all about protecting the community. Sure it was. Sure it was. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea is that they know who is where and where they are. And there's massive collection of data. And, of course, computers can, you know, crunch that, crunch those numbers and tell you exactly who was where. You need to be concerned about that because that means they're tracking where you are. We need to have individuals like I'm unfortunately um, a constituent, and I don't consider myself a pure constituent, of Congresswoman Young Kim, who's voting for things like uh, establishing a national vaccine database so they can track nationally who has and who has not been obedient to the government edicts to get their shots. Those are also part of the mass surveillance. So if you're having a massive database that all feeds into the federal government all the way up the food chain, right? We're not now locally controlled. We're controlled from on high. And that is a police state. That is pure communism. That is pure socialism. But another thing that you talked about, and this is the second of the three areas that you were discussing, is the ideological indoctrination of our children. We are, we are in the middle of an actual war in most of the school districts in at least Orange County and Southern California. We're seeing it. If you attend, we've got, you know, CPOC has an education uh, committee. We have an officers who report back back to us because there's so much happening in these school districts as more and more parents are 
awake and alert to what has been occurring to and what their children have been subjected to, their little children have been subjected to, without their knowledge or consent, they are showing up in mass at these school district board meetings and demanding, you know, accountability of their school trustees, but they're also having to fight to support the trustees who are trying to move forward an agenda that puts more parental protections Parental rights in place and ensures that the professional staff, those principals and all these counselors that have suddenly been placed in the schools, these counselors, they are not your children's friends. They are sent there to um, not necessarily help the child, but to keep things secret from parents and help the child move in a direction that they want them to move in. And a lot of that has to do with this um, gender fluidity, uh, this transgender um, indoctrination that's occurring. Uh, I, you know, I've talked about this case before that Lux Rex is involved in. I'll probably be talking about it with regularity because it's like soap opera installments. These Los Alamitos uh, mothers, Los Alamitos Unified School District mothers discovered that their little children, I'm talking 10 and 11 years old, were sent to outdoor education science camp and exposed to gender fluidity indoctrination. With Their mothers had no idea that this was occurring. It wasn't in any of the literature, and the children were completely confused by it. We're in the middle of a lawsuit. I'm just going to give you an update on it real quick. Uh, the Pally Institute, the outdoor education science camp, filed an anti-slap suit saying that it was their free speech right to talk about these things, right? And that they were being, their free speech was being violated. So they filed that, and of course that was struck down, uh, thank God, by Superior Court Judge Vu saying, no, these are not your free speech rights. You do not get to talk about these things with children. That is like screaming fire uh, in a crowded building when there is no fire. It's the same exact thing. So they they filed up, I'm just going to tell you this quickly, they filed an appeal to that, of course, in the 11th hours, which is what sneaky little attorneys do. And then they failed to pay, and you would know about this, I'm sure, you have to pay, you know, a $50 fee so that the court record is sent up to the appellate court and all throughout the forms that you're filling out it says if you don't pay this fee your appeal will be dismissed if you don't pay this fee your appeal will be dismissed it said like three different times and it's in the statute and they didn't pay the fee and then their appeal was dismissed and guess what they did oh please oh please uh appellate court please get, grant us relief from this uh you know this good faith mistake that we made well you know it's not it's all about dragging the process on anyway of course they were granted that but i wanted to let people know that we're now in appeal there helping these los alamitos moms they are trying to call attention to what is happening at some of these outdoor education science camps so that other parents know and I can tell you this. In Beverly Hills, the the parents had been no or the school district had been warned, but they said, Oh, that's a lie. They went to the science camp, they came back. There was so much trouble that the school district had to put counselors and send a notice out that they would have counselors available to help these children deal with what they had been exposed to at this science camp. So there are at least three other school districts that we're aware of that have exposed their children to that that is part of this indoctrination, this mass indoctrination. Why is why does this matter? Why does this particular issue matter? Because it flies in the face of what a rational mind tells you. 
I am a boy. I was born a boy. My mom treats me like a boy. I'm dressed like a boy. I want to do boy things. You go to school and they start telling you, are you sure you're a boy? And now these are people that the kids are supposed to trust, right? It causes confusion in the minds of our children. It has a dramatic impact on their development as they enter adulthood and their ability to critically think through issues. That's why this particular issue is important. And if you can convince everyone to think that the opposite sex of what they are, we're going to have a really difficult time populating our society because nobody is going to be bearing children. I don't care what the science teachers tell you, men are never going to be able to produce babies if they are laying with other men. That's why these things are so critically important. This indoctrination is is actually designed to destroy the fiber, the very fiber of our society. I'm sorry, I got a little bit excited there. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, yeah, um, that was that was, the, that was a great soliloquy there. I was, I, I went and got myself a cup of coffee while you were while while you were giving it. Well, you did one at the earlier part of the of the uh, session, so I thought, well, it must be my turn now. All right. Well, so much so much for the other things I was going to say in in this uh, segment about the movie Police State film uh, uh, police state at policestatefilm.net but stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio and who knows what the warrior goddess is going to say back after this AM 590 the answer welcome back to Unite IE Radio the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Indian Empire where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. Very pleased to be joined this week by Deborah Pauly. Um, you know, in her former life, she was a uh, great an effective conservative advocate. She founded the Orange County Patriots, um, or the Conservative Patriots of Orange County, rather. And uh, you can find them at conservativepatriotsofoc.org. But she has now transcended that, like the uh, caterpillar becoming a butterfly. She is now a warrior goddess. And we are not worthy to be on the same show with her. Uh, we, we were talking in our first half about uh, the new Dinesh D'Souza movie, Police State, and you can find, you can download the DVD, you can watch it online at policestatefilm.net or salemnow.com. And uh, to repeat, there was a poll done by Rasmussen recently, and this is why this is why this movie like, even transcends the information in it. A police state is a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. How concerned are you that America is becoming a police state? I'm concerned. All voters, 72%. Republicans, 76%. Independents, 72%. Democrats, 67%. And you look forward to the 2024 election. And I, I've, even before the movie came out and before I saw this polling data, it's, it's my view is that maybe we get one more chance in 2024 to keep a free country. If the uh, Democrats take control of the federal government, um, I don't think that comes back. And, uh, John Adams, who is 
overlooked, I think, to, to a large degree in his importance uh, as uh, one of our founders and in his wisdom, says that uh, a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty, once lost, is lost forever. Uh, we've also forgotten his, uh, his, his wise wisdom that there is danger from all men. The only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with the power to endanger the public liberty. And boy, have we forgotten that one. So you look at 2024. And I think, I think there is a very real issue here is given the broad concern found in the Rasmussen poll that we're losing our freedom. Losing a lot of other things as well, but losing our freedom is that if you vote Democrat, you're saying goodbye to your freedom. You're saying goodbye to having a free country. And pick somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, for example, and there are others that were that are Democrats. Um, she's now an, she's now registered independent. Is they see this too, and I think this. On our side, I'm just, you know, down here, I, I have my, I have my weekend radio show and a little social media platform and so on. It should be, should be one of our main issues because it has the ability to bring people from the other side. Okay. In a free country, we can disagree often vehemently about all sorts of things, um, gun control. Education, should we have school choice, all sorts of things. As long as we agree on keeping a free country where we elect our leaders through honest elections. And really related to that is my belief that uh, the aforementioned Tulsi Gabbard should be Donald Trump's vice presidential nominee. We may not agree with her on everything, but if you look at her Twitter feed, you're going to agree with the vast majority of what she's saying, and her two main issues are keeping a free country and keeping America out of these disastrous foreign wars that harm America and usually make the place where we have the war worse off for, for having been there. Iraq, Afghanistan are prominent, prominent examples. So with that, I'm going to turn it back to you. And so you, should Tulsi Gabbard be our vice president? Well, I am not settled on that. I do absolutely agree with you that we shouldn't be engaged in foreign entanglements to the level that we are. One of the things that I do find interesting about that is that the Republicans, because they believe in a strong national defense uh, and and want to fund that defense, can't do it without funding it, uh, it they are the ones that are labeled to be, you know, the, the pro-war. And yet, if you look back over history, those that have gotten us in Engaged in war, putting the the lives of our best and you know our best and strongest men and now women in harm's way are Democrats. Under Trump, we were engaged in no wars. In matter of fact, they were drawn down and ceased. My son is a, a Marine, so you know during that time I was actually very pleased to see 
Trump is the commander in chief because that really does speak to everything. He has, he does have a lot of control in that area, constitutionally, you know, power given to him. And so there was a, the drawdown. They stopped wars. They were withdrawing from these countries. They were getting out of there. And since, since Biden has been pro- president, we have gotten ourselves engaged in too many and they are seeking more and more all the time. You know, this Ukraine thing, how much business do we have in, to be involved in that? But, but so, I, you know, I know your question had to do with, do I think Tulsi Gabbard should be, you know, the VP? I don't know. I don't know who that running mate should be. I think that, I think the jury is out right now. Uh, I'd have to look at that a little bit more. I have my preferences. It would be interesting to work across the platform a little, across the aisle a little bit, where and when we can do that. I think the biggest problem that we see when we're looking at the difference between Republicans and Democrats is their definition of freedom, how one defines freedom. In their minds, they're talking about the freedom for people to just come and go as they please across our open borders, uh, the freedom to just do whatever you please, walk into a store, grab things off the shelves, walk out, you know, don't pay for anything. You know, freedom kind of stops. Your 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 freedom should stop where you're now impinging upon my ability to live my life. But I think Republicans have a different, or at least I do, I think um, more uh, liberty-minded, constitutional conservatives, I think I would say, have a different view of what freedom is. It's the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Where does that restraint and hindrance come from? Well, it comes from the, right now an overly overreaching government and those actors that are acting at the behest of the government. Freedom is the absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government. And we are being dominated economically, for sure, by um, foreign foreign governments, foreign actors that are applying a lot of pressure internationally that are impacting us. And because we're a weak government, we're not fighting back. And we've got a despotic government because, as you pointed out earlier in the in the show, that third element, that targeting of political opponents is what a despotic government does. You target them. You shut them down. The freedom, freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And what we have right now, as I discussed earlier, we actually have political prisoners in our country who were so concerned about the results of the 2020 election and whether or not our elections were being held freely. We need that in our country. We need to know that we can rely on the elections to be held fairly, openly, freely, and not just that they're held that way, but that votes are counted that way. Those individuals who went to Washington, D.C. out of great concern and many of them were arrested right there in their homes, kind of like the police state shows happening where they're just knocking on the door and dragging people out of their houses. This is, this is, this is in the antithesis of what freedom is. It's the, it's the state of being physically unrestrained and able to move easily. Look what happened. We were restrained and we were not able to move freely about our country. We were locked in our homes. We were not allowed to go to our churches. We were not allowed to go to the stores unless we were willing to mask ourselves. We were not able to move freely. We we are at the precipice. We may be over the line. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, Greg. 2024 
It's either now or never that we fully wretch and take control, grab the reins of our government, pull it back so hard right just to have a course trajectory that puts us back in the middle because the pendulum has swung so far that we are no longer, I do believe right now we are truly a free nation. There are there are things that make us think we are because we get to choose from like 20 different kinds of toothpaste, but that is not true freedom. We do not have freedom right now. No. And uh, they, they have elections in China and they had them in the Soviet right. Union and, yeah. they, and Venezuela and Cuba and so on. Yeah, they have elections. They have the, they have the pretense of democracy and freedom. And then finally, the, Soviet Union had a, the Soviet Union had a great constitution. And if you read it and, and it was actually enforced uh, in protecting uh, all, the, all of the freedoms that we, that we hold dear, or at least some of us still hold dear. But of course, it, it, it wasn't enforced. Um, a lot more we could talk about about the uh, state of the uh, of our freedom and the government overreach and so on in the movie. Um, I just encourage everybody, if you, even if you think you kind of got the idea of what of we're becoming a police state and government overreach, uh, I really encourage you to see the movie. And you can do it online at uh, policestatefilm.net or at salemnow.com. And encourage others. Part of the problem when you see these movies, 2000 Mules and other movies that, you know, have really good information, well presented on our side is it's people that basically already get it. Where it's the proverbial preaching to the choir. And if you can find a way to, you know, give the DVD or invite your neighbors or your, your brother, your family or whatever it is to, to, you know, see the movie. Here it is. Watch it and tell me what you think. Tell me why it's wrong. Um, that'd be do, that you'd be doing, you'll be doing a service. And again, that's policestatefilm.net. I'll take a pause here. And I know Deborah wanted to talk about the speaker election and what may that, what that may foretell. And so we'll do that after the break. And we hear again from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage. And uh, this half is also sponsored by some guy named Gregory W. Britton, attorney at law. I hear he's pretty good. Uh, back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the warrior goddess. 
And I'm very pleased to be joined by one here uh, this week, uh, Deborah Pauley, formerly a political activist and has now transcended that role. And we're honored to have her on the show with us. We were, uh, we were talking a lot about the Dinesh D'Souza movie and America's slide into becoming a police state. And that's policestatefilm.net or salemnow.com. Really encourage everybody, everybody to see that movie and try to share that movie. Um, Deborah wanted to talk about the speaker election and after the, the long national nightmare is over. We now have a new speaker of the house. Mike Johnson, probably a, a name before this last week. I had never heard of the guy and I follow politics fairly pretty closely. Um, and I suspect that the vast majority, you know, at least before this last week, his name recognition outside of his district uh, in Louisiana was probably less than a tenth of a percent. Um, but he's now the speaker. And, um, what, what, what do you think is, you know, was it, was it all worthwhile? Do you think, you think we've made a positive change in having Mike Johnson as the speaker? Well, I think it depends on what side of the, uh, war you're on. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. 22 days without a speaker. That was our long national nightmare. And, you know, they still kept taking taxes. So I don't know if we had a nightmare. Uh, you can't even tell whether they're open or closed. They just keep taking money no matter what. But you're right. Most people don't know anything about Mike Johnson. Uh, and so I think that it's important for us to kind of look at what we've got here. Um, he, he's, uh, he gave, you know, an opening statement about, it was about 18 minutes long, you know, after he was uh, sworn in as the speaker, of course, as most would. He kind of laid out what I'm calling, I'm calling it the Mike Manifesto. And I hope other people pick that up because I like it. Some people hate alliteration. I like it. The Mike Manifesto. Mike Johnson's really basically laying out the core principles, the core Republican principles that we've absolutely forgotten. Um, and I'll get to those in a minute, but there are a couple of things that I think people need to know about him. I consider this a big win for mega Republicans. I truly do. There were people that really, we talked about this earlier, really hammered uh, Matt Gates for deciding that it was time for us to get a new speaker. And it may be the best chance that we have for uniting the Republican Party, and we need that right now. But Matt Gates and uh, Mike Johnson were freshmen, you know, uh, Members of the, of Congress at the same time elected 2016. They were, they were, they've been seatmates. So they know each other. I'm sure from Matt Gates's perspective, this is a huge win. I know it is. I've seen quotes that he has given concerning this, but Mike Johnson played a key role in trying to overturn, uh, the questionable results of the 2020 election. He was ultimately unsuccessful in doing that, but he, he was one who recognized that there were some questionable things that occurred in 2020 that caused great doubt in the minds of a, a large portion of the electorate about whether or not our elections are actually being, um, run uh, freely and openly. Do we actually, as you t- were talking about, are we having China type elections? Are we having what we consider to be the traditional, true, uh, constitutional republic democratic elections or not? So we, we're not, we're not having that. People know that. It, people absolutely know that. And some people are causing that, calling that into question. Just to do a little comparison on, uh, Kevin McCarthy and I, you know, he's a nice guy, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, but, and I have a hold no ill will toward him. But, you know, McCarthy voted for $40 billion to Ukraine. And, uh, 
Mike Johnson was one of those who voted no. We shouldn't be sending $40 billion to Ukraine. We've got other places where we could put that money. So that's a big difference right now. He's already proposing that the fiscal, uh, right now, that we pass a 2025 um, uh resolution, budget resolution by April, that he's going to keep the entire House in session through August if they haven't passed uh, the entire 2025 appropriation bills as they are supposed to. And of course, we're constantly running on a, it's kind of like a temporary, temporary this, temporary that, you know, this omnibus bill that that's partially funding for now, for now, for now, we're at an emergency, we have to raise the debt ceiling. Well, that is no way to run Anything, certainly not a government that's supposed to be as strong and um, well-governed as the United States. But here's the other thing. Completely strong supporter of Donald Trump. And we have a lot of people in Congress that are Republicans, not just the Democrats, that are never Trumpers. And we have some of those that are walking the line. They're walking the fence. They don't know which side they want to come down on. I guess it depends on who's winning, but they don't have any strong convictions. I think what we're seeing in the man of Mike Johnson is a man of strong conviction. He was one of 46 six of uh, one of 146 represented representatives who voted against one of only 146 who voted against con- uh, certifying the results of that 2020 election. And here's the other thing, and this is kind of a nice thing to have. This is the Republican Party. They're in charge of the Congress. They're in charge of the House of Representatives, right? And we've had people that are very part- nonpartisan as our speakers. This guy is not nonpartisan. As a matter of fact, he's been ranked. This is This is something I found very interesting. He's been ranked... 429 out of 435 lawmakers with regard to his bipartisan nature. It's not bipartisan. He's 100% partisan, and he stands for things that we stand for. I call it, these are seven. Seven is a perfect number of perfection. Individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, the free market economy, and human dignity. Those are the seven things he laid out during the course of his speech. I took them down as notes. We may be modifying CPOC's um, uh, manifesto a little bit to kind of, to align with him because he's added a couple that I think we should also be looking at. Okay. So you know, in the scheme of things, you know, you know, we could have done, we could have done a lot worse um, in a new speaker. Um, whether this was, we shall see whether the proof, as they say, the saying goes, the proof is in the pudding. And there'll be an early test because the, in September, when the last spending bill ran out, they passed what they call a CR, a continuing resolution, which just kept everything on autopilot for 45 more days. And that'll come up. That was going to expire in November. I'm not sure of the exact date. So. The question, the the first really big test here of Mike Johnson, the House Republicans, is going to be, what do you do? Are they going to just, are they going to pass another CR? Punt the, to punt it down the, the, punt the ball down or kick the can further down the road. I'm mixing my metaphors, but I get to do that because I'm the host. Or are they going to make a stand? Because here's how, where, where they can make a stand. Even though they control one house of Congress, is there are certain bills. If you want a spending bill, 
It's got to pass both houses of the Congress. Are they going to pick one or a few issues to draw a line on and say a spending bill will not pass unless it provides for such and such? And I think that making a stand on stopping this open border, unlimited immigration would be both a politically popular thing to do as well as essential for the country. They're pouring, they're, they're pouring in. They're flying in. They're now flying them in. So, they, so the illegals don't even have to be troubled to walk or ride through Mexico. We're, we're at taxpayer expense. We're flying them in to America. And, and a side note, which is brought up in the uh, D'Souza's movie, Police State, is they're running, is they're cooperating, they're running with the, car, the uh, cartels, a child sex trafficking operation. <clears throat> they're bringing the kids in and they're releasing them without vetting to who, to whomever. And they pointed out that, that they've lost, they, they don't know even where they are, 51,000 children. And there's some cases they're finding them, they release them, and then they find the child advertised online for sex trafficking. And that's what's going on there. Are they going to make a stand? Are they going to make a stand and say, you, you may not spend any money bringing Palestinian, quote, refugees, unquote, to America? Or are they going to allow the Brandon administration to import tens or hundreds of thousands of them through twenty through the this year and next year until the, hopefully there's a change of government in January of 2025. We shall see. They want sixty billion dollars more for Ukraine. What are they going to do with that? And they, I think the the Republicans are we've seen are not united in any way, shape, or form. So as I say, the proof will be in the pudding, and to see whether we've actually made any improvement. I remain skeptical, although I am happy with it. You said he's ranked near the bottom in bipartisanship because, as George Carlin said, the word bipartisan means there's some unusually large deception going on. Got about a minute here. Um, any final thoughts? First of all, Greg, I'm just so thankful when you invite me to be on the show. Uh, usually you give me about a 12-hour notice, but that's good enough. You're doing great work out here, and I'm so impressed by the Inland Empire and the strength that you've been exhibiting um, and your ability to come together. I just want to leave you with one thought because we spent a lot of time talking about freedom. You know, freedom is a natural God-given right of man. And God even gives you the freedom to choose him or reject him. We are very blessed to live in a country that is one nation under God. It's really time for us all to step up and and uh, get involved in some fashion. Don't take it for granted because we are in a pretty serious uh, state right now. So I'll leave you with that thought. Um. Culture is upstream of politics, and religion and family, or lack thereof, are upstream of culture. Thank you, Deborah, for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause of our country and our freedom. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, The Answer.